As we stand at the precipice, feeling the heat on our faces from the dumpster fire our country has devolved into, sometimes an escape is necessary. And sure, meth will do that for you, but maybe, just maybe, dating horror stories from someone else's romantic fuckery might be better for your health. Surely your dentist would agree. So, laugh. Cry, blush from secondhand embarrassment, and revel in a playground of mishaps that just might help you forget. Welcome to The Cultural Experience, Season 1, The Alphabet Chronicles. T is for Trump. I could do that. It was a screech that reverberated off the harsh white walls of the Whitney, licking the silk-screened Liz Taylor and tickling the painted Americana. I was on a date at the Andy Warhol exhibit with an individual I'd been led to believe was an adult. All interactions prior to this moment had at least implied it. You know, his beard, his degrees, the business he owned and ran, you know, his Hermes soaps. But something about entering Warhol's world of pointed artistic commentary was, uh, too much for him. The whole scene left him oozing from room to room, a concentrated, petulant child reduction. The syrupy flavors so distinctive, there's no way Ina Garten would have settled for store-bought. That's when I should have known our evening was on its way to ruin. It's one thing to jokingly lob up the assertion that your preschool-level art training could deliver a similar product as something lying, you know, haphazardly on the floor at the MoMA, but Warhol? Even if you're not a fan, his cultural impact alone is worth a conversation. But no, the doctor was having none of it. And to make sure I knew just how dissatisfied he was, his sticky petulance stuck to the walls and stained the art. Like this. What the fuck is this? Imagine a burlap sack filled with feral cats and a large assortment of rocks being feverishly flung in a circular pattern overhead. The violent squawks emanating from said bag are undoubtedly more appealing sounds than the ones coming from this man at the museum that evening. That's a promise. They were so distracting that I stopped talking to him about halfway through. Initially, I thought he might be joking, but the deeper we went, the clearer it became how serious he was. Our impending dinner reservations were quickly becoming both a blessing and a curse. On the one hand, I was happy we'd be exiting the museum, but on the other, I was going to have to sit across from this man through dinner, and it seemed quite clear the exhibit wouldn't be a conversation topic we could draw from. This was our fourth or fifth date, so there would be other things we could discuss, but Part of the idea of a museum is talking about it afterwards. We'd been dating for a month or two at that point. Things were going, you know, well, fine. There was nothing wrong per se, but there was no real get up and go, no zazazoo. There was nothing that made me want to walk the extra blocks home from our date and commune with the city as I let our date sink into my skin. Nothing that made me want to rip his clothes off. In fact, the one time we were supposed to have sex, he ended up getting third-degree burns all over his hand. Some sort of cooking accident? Unclear. It wasn't the end of the world, but it had put our sex on the back burner, further suspending the chance for fireworks. 
He wasn't hot, but there was something about his youthful arrogance that made him cute. An arrogance so endearing that every time he spoke, Chanel's spring collection came tumbling out of his mouth, uh, and it didn't send me running for the hills. He could cook, had a great apartment, you know, seemed innately inclined to enjoy caring for another person. The caretaker in him was why I stuck it out. Not that I needed or wanted someone to take care of me, but, you know, it was in such stark contrast with the rest of New York City dating, I, I couldn't help but see what was there. It manifested in the things he was good at, the cooking, his affection, the way he seemed genuinely happy to see me. It was nice. Too bad it was all coming to an end. The mild scene at the Whitney shouldn't have surprised me. There was almost nothing he wasn't opinionated about. I just assumed Warhol was common gay ground. I tried contextualizing this for him as we wandered into the street and up the several blocks to dinner. Uh, okay, uh, so even if you can't get behind his art, you I mean, you can't deny his influence on American pop culture. His work has been emulated across mediums by a variety of artists and personalities. I, I mean, even Andy Cohen threw a nod to him in the title of his book. I hate Andy Cohen. Not what we were talking about, but, uh, okay. Interesting. Why? Well, you remember when I talked to you about Mr. Pornstar? Yes, uh, I did. In fact, he brought up Mr. Pornstar on every one of our dates. I can't imagine how I could ever forget him, to be honest. And so, he and I were on a date, and he left abruptly to go spend the night with Andy. I, I kept asking him the next day what all they'd done, but, but, you know, he said all they did was cuddle. I just, I don't believe him. I mean, I told you the story where he ran off when we were out, right? We were in Berlin, and I couldn't find him anywhere. Then, bam, I rounded a corner, and there he was getting his dick sucked in an alley. He had, in fact, told me that story multiple times. It was getting to the point that I wondered if he didn't still have feelings for Mr. Pornstar. He always found a way of weaving him into our evening. At some point, something was bound to evoke his presence in our conversation. And the more I thought about it, the more I wondered if I knew more about him than my date. Was that possible? At the very best, the information I had about each of them was comparable. I... Being familiar with his body of work added to the impact. At every mention, I was bombarded with images of his O-face engaging in actions depicted by the doctor. The two of them attending a Broadway play? Shot his load as the curtain went up. Dinner? He couldn't make it past the appetizer without pushing white. Getting a handy in the middle of a bar? Well, I, I don't know. I guess that one made sense. The way he spoke about him on this particular walk was different, though. There was a longing, or a newly inflamed familiarity, placing him further from the outer boundaries and deeper in the thick of us, whatever we were. I tried to stay quiet and listen to his musings, masked in contempt. The more he wove his tales, the stronger it whacked me over the head. This man was in love with Mr. Pornstar. I don't, I don't know why I hadn't seen it before. It was so obvious. He was clearly yearning for this man. As my mind drifted miles from his yammering, I started to analyze our evening. I had been a few minutes late and had attributed his lack of enthusiasm to annoyance, but I was beginning to wonder if it was something more. Was was he over me? Over this? His monologue and my inner unravel carried us to the restaurant, conveniently shortening my cognitive awareness of our journey. The more I'd convinced myself he'd moved on, the more fucks I'd littered Ninth Avenue with. I couldn't believe that this Warhol-hating queen was going to be the one to reject me. 
By the time we got to the impossibly chic restaurant, I was fresh out of fucks, and I was pretty sure he was too. The hostess quickly found our name on the reservation log and led us to the back room down a narrow hallway squeezed tight with tables. I was getting approving looks from nearly everyone we passed as I had dressed for the museum. He didn't seem to appreciate it. By the time we arrived at the opening of the main dining room, I could feel the tension mounting. The waitress set us at the most perfect table next to the fireplace, but unfortunately the place was packed. There wasn't near enough room for the mountain of energy we'd brought with us. She handed us the menus, then sauntered away, tossing her eyebrows apologetically in my direction. I wasn't ready for the impending interaction bubbling in my stomach, so I buried my face in my menu. I voted for Trump, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Trump? I voted for him. He over-enunciated at me from across the table. His eyes were fiery with instigation. I knew what he wanted. That's what they all want. He wanted a reaction. He wanted a fight. Why? Unclear. But deep down inside, I think he was ready to end this before I showed up at that museum. I think he was searching desperately for subjects that would ignite me, reasons for me to be the one to get mad and leave so he could be the victim. I think he ultimately wanted his hands clean. Turns out pissing all over Warhol was the perfect amuse-bouche for getting what he wanted. I felt my breath tighten and my palms tense. I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't prepared to defend this level of moral bankruptcy to a man who should know better. A doctor! It always surprises me how I expect more from them. But I suppose doctors are people too. People who vote against their best interests, who can't seem to unearth the correct form of yore, who abuse their bodies... The whole thing reminded me of childhood friends from Texas, or my mother, something. I couldn't just sit back. Sure, for larger reasons, the reasons we should all speak out, but also because the man ignited the petty in me. Not only had he ruined our museum jaunt, but now he was about to ruin my favorite Spanish spot. And, uh, well, I just couldn't. Contrary to the fireworks that exploded soon after, I really was looking for a conversation. I wanted to understand why, but we raised our voices as we made our points. Most of his lifted directly from Fox News, you know, alienating the patrons sitting on either side. And it was disappointing, truly. Disappointing that he'd wasted my time. Disappointing that he was goading me for a reaction. Disappointing that our country is so divided. But ultimately, disappointing that Trump was ruining my relationships, my dinners, and Warhol. Thank you for listening to The Cultural Experience, Season 1, The Alphabet Chronicles. The podcast that's 100% true, except when it's not. Essays are written by Cole Grissom, inspired by real events, but rest assured, If a character resembles you in any way, I promise you're wrong. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, share, tell your friends, your frenemies, your bad dates, your good dates, the guy in the alley you're planning on giving a handy to later tonight. Tell them all. Until next time, friends.